Brandon Steiner, and this is Unplugged with Brandon Steiner. Well, we're here with Kevin Garnett. I mean, to say a superstar would probably be an understatement, but he certainly has had an amazing career. First player drafted out of high school, go to the pros, and obviously a great run with Minnesota, the Celtics, and now here in New York with uh, the Brooklyn Nets. So, Kevin, welcome, and uh, thank you for your partnership and your involvement with our company. We really appreciate it. Um, my first question would be is, what's it like to be in New York? I mean, what, what, how has this been going for you? How have you been feeling? Uh, I'm, I'm actually well. Uh, my experience in New York has been uh, a positive one. Um, the city itself off the court has uh, been amazing. It's a great city. Expensive city, uh, but nonetheless, uh, a great city. Lots to do here. My family loves it. Uh, on the court, uh, a bit of a slow start for this team, or what I'm used to. Um, but nonetheless, have gotten it together and lately been playing some great basketball. So, you know, overall, the experience has been great. I mean, how does basketball come to you? Because, I mean, it's been pretty well noted that you didn't start playing until, like, you know, well into high school, but. Was it kind of a, a last-minute thought, or were you just caught up doing other things or with other sports you were involved in? Actually, uh, basketball started for me about 11, 12 years old, um, actually. And um, I didn't really get, you know, decent with it until I was uh, – or got confidence in it until I actually, uh, you know, got older. Um, but I started playing um, through moving from a neighborhood to another neighborhood, and all the kids in that neighborhood uh, was, was playing basketball. They wasn't playing football. They wasn't – into anything else other than. Um, so it was either, you know, sit on the side and watch these kids or learn to play. Who was the big influence when you were a kid? Who who had who, who, who kind of had a, you know, was there a defining moment when somebody kind of sparked sparked you and said, you know, you, Kevin, you're, you're more than just a normal good player. You're somebody special. Um, not, to, not to say that I lacked any confidence or anything as a youngster, but uh, I was definitely into football a little more. So Lawrence Taylor, Danny Whitty, believe it or not, Tony Dorsett, those were some of my, uh, my early uh, heroes. Randall Cunningham, uh, I really, really loved the game of football. Um, and then, like I said, as I started to play basketball, guys like Magic Johnson, uh, Chris Webber, Malik Sealy, uh, Kenny Anderson, guys who I just, I don't know, for some reason um, – Started to just uh, grab an attachment to, and and uh, as a young kid uh, playing against different neighborhoods, different guys in tournaments, um, I really didn't have like that uh, overall confidence. I think my confidence came in the fact that I was willing to work hard, and I was willing to stay in the gym, and I was willing to whatever it is. You know, as a coach, you had me to work on, and that's where my confidence came from. Um, but early on. I was a dreamer, just like anybody else, and just like any young kid trying to strive to uh, be the best at what he's doing. And um, slowly but surely, I, I found I found basketball to be like a safe haven for me. It was almost like a um, it was almost like a book. It was almost like a painting. It was somewhere where I can go to use my imagination and get lost from reality. Was now growing up was that was that a hard period for you? Was that one of the tougher periods in your life? Well, my household was pretty tough. You know, I, I was raised by a tough mom. Um, no pops in the house, nothing like that. Raised by all women. Um, majority of my family is, and uh, they were very stern, very strong women. Um, I like to say I was raised by the lioness, if you will. Um, I know that feeling. 
times were, at, at times it, it, it got difficult, but like, I mean, I had great friends and a great uh, support group around me. And when things got tough in my household, I was always able to grab the basketball and just disappear and uh, did that often. Well, I mean, your, your emphasis, well, first of all, what, I just got to slide over for a moment on one thing, which is you've had success. You now have influence. I mean, you know, you're, you're a big name and you carry a lot of weight. What's important to you off the field? What, what's been going on as far as what, what are some of the important things you've done charity-wise and community service-wise that are really hot buttons for you? But more importantly, man, anybody just wants to be respected for their craft. If anything, I can uh, walk away from this game. I hope that people respect who I am. I'm more importantly understanding that, you know, that when you are able to give, you know, it's important to give back. I've always had my Forex Sales uh, Foundation. I've always done things for personal and for families that I felt like have, have needed it and never wanted to expose or embarrass those people. Um, so a lot of the things I've done, probably you won't be able to find on the Internet or you won't probably be able to look up and see the documentation of, but um, when the um, hurricane hit uh, Minnesota's north side and wiped out of the families, I, to me and my own personal friends and family went over and handed out food and bought, I can't even, I still have a grocery list for that, but just went and bought a <laughs> bunch of food, blankets for kids and people and families that was over there. Uh, my sister... Uh, some point, I was able to give some of the uh, Katrina victims jobs and stuff to help them find some living and uh, dwelling uh, spots in Minneapolis when all that Katrina stuff was going on. I went down to uh, Mississippi and built 25 homes for the New Orleans people that was that, that was homeless in uh, Jackson, Mississippi, um, along with Oprah with her help and uh, wow. her foundation. Um, by my Forex Sale Foundation, we have given over probably... Uh, a million dollars in computers and starting computer labs or in the in the North Minneapolis in the Minneapolis uh, school district when a lot of those you know schools that get sort of blacked off the list and out of the school budget they didn't have a lot of computers and I stepped in and got out of uh, the, those high schools a lot of those uh, programs uh, uh, computers and some some technical stuff that they needed for their own schools to prosper to be even to be in the uh, competition with some of the uh, other schools uh, at, um, you like to fly underneath the radar because I've never heard. It's rarity when I hear your name, you know, when all these different things have occurred. So you've been pretty much low key. Well, I feel like this, man. I'm not. I'm not giving for the the accolades. Uh, I'm giving for the benefits of the people that's actually going to receive whatever I'm giving. Um, I'm not into it for the press. I'm not trying to get you to like me. I'm not trying to get you to different way but to know me is to like me and if you don't know me then you know obviously that's what it is but you know, if I get in depth to the things I've done uh, for many people then you know what that's my own personal business and I like to keep it like that only when I'm asked to uh, only when I'm asked personally do I uh, actually give the information but I'm proud of what I've done um, I have two daughters that I like to actually be the example to uh, in life as, as uh, the understanding of giving and what charity is and it comes from the heart because somebody's going to put you in a newspaper or put you on a television show or a broadcast, whatever it is, true, true, the true essence of giving comes from the heart, and it doesn't have any kind of preference in it. I agree. Well said, by the way. Give to give. Changing the subject for a minute, it just seems like you know, you, you've now played for two point guards, you know, Doc Rivers, who a great point guard, got to see him here in New York, and also now Jason Kidd. 
you know, they say like chicks dig the long ball. Is it is it all about the coaching being the point guard? Is do point guards make the best coaches? Um, I guess in the situations uh, you can you can say that point guards probably understand the coach, but uh, at some point it's about your IQ and uh, your. Your, your, your schooling of basketball and what you know it to be. Yep. I feel like basketball is like any other sport. You can continuously learn from it each day, each year. Uh, but you can also get better at. Um, and it's also a sport in which you have to continue to better your craft. Um, point guards are an extension of the uh, head coach uh, just because of the uh, responsibilities like a quarterback is for head coach in football. Um, but it's all about the direction about the team, the makeup of the team, and the identity of the team. Uh, I don't think a lot of people know this, but Flip Thomas was also a point guard. So it's safe to say that I have been playing point <laughs> guards throughout my whole career. Um, the point guards have a better, probably a, a more of an understanding just because they're the extension of the coach uh, uh, when it comes to the, the, the IQ and the know-how of the, uh, of the game. There's no question. How's Jason doing? Do you feel like he's, you know, considering it's his first year? Would you give him a? Uh, can you give him like a, a grade on a, on, a, on his level of improvement? We know he has a very high IQ, but is, is on his improvement level, is he constantly? You see him growing. It's so much different than when you're a coach versus a player. When you're a point guard, you you know you're getting direction and you're having guys get into a spot and you're running someone's system. It's very difficult to come up with a system and then you know implement it on guys. Uh, some and did some of the uh, things that's, that, that is part of the system. Uh, the, the system is foreign to some other people. So, you know, when you're trying to create chemistry within that system, man, you got to, you know, some guys are hurt. Some guys are not able to go through something. Uh, you have missing pieces. Uh, chemistry is probably one of the most underrated things in sports um, and probably overlooked. And it's probably the most important part of any type of team-oriented uh, anything. Yeah chemistry and things don't necessarily click and they don't go well. And uh, my, my my grade for Jason would be a, definitely an A because he stuck to his gun. He didn't change his system. He uh, just continued to be patient and a uh, very, very good teacher. Uh, he's not big on talking, but he's a hands-on kind of guy. And uh, anybody that continues to work their butt off and, and stick to his guns, I have a lot of respect for well, that's that's an interesting perspective. It's it's interesting because in this town, I mean, they're so critical, and they I I feel like the Nets all of a sudden have now starting to get the respect, and it, it's a nice it's a nice balance you have over there. You know, when you talk about you know you and Paul, and then you know Jason is he's kind of almost like an extension. He's, people still look at him almost like a player, but it's, you know, do you feel like this team really has some some potential to go far? I think we do. I think we have a lot of veteran leadership. We got a lot of guys who can do multiple things and uh, put our minds to it. We are one of the best defensive teams out here, and defense, you have to play that. And if, you, if you're going to go far, you got to be together. And I think over our course of learning this year, we've got uh, better and we've gotten stronger. We took our, took our licks and our hits early, and uh, I really felt like it's done nothing but made us a stronger, uh, more mental, stronger team. Um, than anything, um, I think we've gained and kind of earned our respect going forward here, uh, digging ourselves out of the hole that we created for ourselves. Um, but all these things that we started this year were just new. It was just all new, and it didn't all click. And 
Finally, when everybody decided to be 100 with each other and, and to give wholeheartedly, I felt like we gotten better, and that's what you see now. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see this team grow and get on a run. That, you, you, that run's already started. i got to ask you a couple more things, and I'll let you run. Who's on your NBA Mount Rushmore? I want to know the guys you ultimately respect the most. Give me your you know, your top four or five, you know, the guys you that you, you, you think the world of, that you think are the best players you've ever seen or best in your world, the best players you would like to have on your team. If you know anything about mountains, if you know anything about mountain ranges, you know that it has uh, multiple peaks. Yes. And uh, obviously some mountains are bigger than others. Um, I won't disrespect the game by naming one to five players that have come before, not only me, but everybody generation. Um, the generation that have come before us have been the ones that have dictated our play, our style, um, and I think as young people we grew, have grown the styles in the different uh, ages and the different um, since that have come before us. Um, we wouldn't have known what a triple-double was if Oscar Robinson and Magic Johnson didn't play the game. Uh, we wouldn't have known about rebounding and defense of Bill Russell and the great Celtic teams weren't assembled. We wouldn't have known about big man dominance for Will Chamberlain. Uh, you know, I feel like if you don't have those guys, you yeah. don't have the Shaqs, you don't have the Elijah Wands, you don't have the David Robinsons and the different uh, mindsets of, of, of players. Um, nothing in this game. Everything has been copied, if not amplified more. So for me to put a mountain of uh, uh, five to seven guys, that would be totally disrespectful for the guys that have come before me and the generations. So you know, I would answer that question with I have a lot of respect for the guys and the generation that have come before me and, uh, and, and that, that I can form and kind of say this is what I want to be in the NBA and, and go out and do that. That's fair. Okay. And, you know, something, I'm, I'm an old-school basketball junkie myself. and I, and I But, you know, I love I love the new guys too. I, I love the game. You know, so much, This the game is just really so interesting. What's up with the head, hitting your head against the, uh, you know, the padding underneath before the basket? Where does that come from? Is there any superstitious to that, or any, any anything more than when you hit, when you hit your head against the padding? The time under the basket is kind of like a little quick ten to fifteen seconds to myself. I think talk to myself about about before I hit the floor. Okay. Uh, it's personal time for myself, or whatever it is, to get myself to relax, or whatever mood I'm in, or whatever I'm telling myself. It's never the same thing. Um, Hopefully, it's the same results or whatever I'm saying. And it's like a quick reminder, you know, just for myself uh, to give praise to God. And uh, I was always asked to be safe out here while I'm playing. And I always, you know, like to think of my two girls. And then I play. Okay. Uh, just in closing, anything you want to say to, you know, the fans, and just about your feeling about the game or anything you want them to know about you that maybe I don't cover? No. You know, fans that follow me know that, you know, I'm uh, – I've always tried to, you know, leave my heart out there on the court. I've always played um, to my strengths. I've always enjoyed the game of basketball. Probably always will. I appreciate every fan that's out there that's every that uh, has ever rooted for me and booed me. Uh, <laughs> I've, uh, I've, uh, I've always had a great appreciation for a fan because I'm a fan myself of, of, of sports, and uh, just greatly appreciated for all the love and, and, and dislike at the same time uh, for not just me but for the game. And I hope that they continue to follow the game and uh, continue loving basketball. Well, thank you. One quick thing, you know, a lot of people, you may not have read my first book, but, you know, I beat Michael Jordan one-on-one at his fantasy basketball camp. 
uh, in a four-on-four game, but I hit three shots on him. If we were playing one-on-one, do I have a chance to win that game? No way in hell. <laughs> it's not even personal to you, but just to let you know, I never jump on the court to lose. And the uh, first rule about that, just because you said about Michael, I'll make sure that you wouldn't be able to say that about me. Yeah, you don't want to have to live with that. Michael's going to have to live with me hitting that shot on him, and he didn't see me coming. Yeah, I don't need that in my life. I don't need that. that you don't need that in your life. Trust me. I'm talking about he beat me right. He probably wouldn't even touch the ball if I didn't want you to. Well, you do have some height advantages, but you understand that I have a certain set of yeah, rules of how we'd have to play. It has nothing to do with it. It would be like a shirt. I would be like your new shirt on you. Well, I look forward to that. I look forward to taking you to a Yankee game. And also, we just appreciate the partnership and you taking some time to, you know, work with our collectibles and share some stuff with the fans and share some time with them, too. Thanks so much. Good luck with your run. Uh, you already made a big impact on that team, just, you know, your leadership and being able to fill in and, and, and play even the more minutes. I'm sure you weren't thinking you were going to play this much, but it's been, been fun being able to watch you play. We didn't get to see you play this much. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, and I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad to be appreciated.